Hello, Army of Youth. This is an audio recording of Willie and I interviewing Pastor Marlo Parks on the subject of how to give altar calls. We really appreciated this conversation. I hope you find this to be a blessing as well. Enjoy. You, you can just right, you can so, keep going. Okay, when when you make it an appeal for like an altar call appeal, mm-hmm. appeal for baptism, you you don't have to make an altar call, altar call appeal just for baptism. Mm-hmm. But when you make it that type of call, there's mm-hmm. a couple of things you want to do. First of all, you have to set your sermon up for that appeal. Set your sermon. And, and I'm I'm explaining what I'm saying. Your sermon is not a lecture. That's for school. Yeah. It's a sermon, okay? And a sermon is designed for two things, I believe, okay? Uh, first of all, let me just explain this so we you understand. Um, God made us in his image, right? Mm-hmm. And he made us intellectual creatures, right? Above all, the animal, animals are not really intellectual creatures. Mm-hmm. He made us intellectual creatures, but he also made us emotional mm-hmm. creatures, you know, we, we feel angry, we feel sad, mm-hmm. we're emotional. So we're both intellectual and emotional. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why we're like that is because God is like that. Because he made us in his image. Mm-hmm. The Bible said Jesus wept. He had compassion. The Bible said he, the Lord's anger was kindled. God has emotions. But God is also intellectual, as we all know. <laughs> you know, you can't make trees and stuff like that without understanding science and things. So... He made us that way. So when you're preaching a sermon, you have to deal, you have to reach the whole person. You have to reach the person intellectually with the truth, but you also have to reach their emotions. You also have to reach the heart. Because that's a character, the thoughts and the feelings combined. Make up the moral character. So we're trying to change, like, being an influence on their character. That's right, that's right. And let me tell you something. You can preach an intellectual sermon just of truth, and it can be the boringest thing in the world. So true. The boringest thing. And, and even though it's the truth, you won't move nobody. It's so true. So the truth has to grab the heart of the person. It is when the emotions are touched that's going to make the person get up and want to walk down the aisle. So, so why, do, seems why like, does it seem like there's so much... Um, like, I remember hearing, like, you know, at the, at the end... People don't remember as much as what you say as how you made them feel. Yes. And, and I mean, there's a lot of truth to that. And then yeah. there's also a lot of, like, p- pushback, too, with, mm-hmm. like, emotions. Because then people talk so negatively about... That's correct. Like, the emotional... The like, there's a right. proper place. What is the proper place? Right. See, the, and that's the thing that's hindered, especially us as Adventists, when it comes to preaching. Mm-hmm. See, we as Adventists don't preach like they did in the 1800s. Like, when you read about the way James White preached... He preached with some emotion. He preached with some, it's true, but he's mm-hmm. in it. You understand what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is how they all preached back in the 1800s. They read, I mean, you're talking about camp meetings with thousands of people. Yeah, and people weeping, I know. weeping. You're right. not going to weep if you're boring. Nobody going to be crying? No. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. How you doing, Rob? All right. So, he's are you ex- waiting for me? No. Oh, okay. He's explaining to us. Um, I asked him, like, how, how do you give an sister? appeal at the end of a message? So, he's, that. like, sharing some principles on... On setting up the, the sermon to do an altar call. Yeah. So the thing is that you have to, on, this, this is, this is the, the, how I think you should see it. How I think I, sh- I, I see it. And mm-hmm. it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it keeps me balanced. Whereas you have some preachers 
who deals straight with the emotions but no truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's bad. We can't be doing the that. The thing is, That's right. if you connect the truth to the emotions, the truth will take hold of the heart. That's how you do it, brother. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's how you do it. You see what I'm saying? So the difference is like one is like very emotional and fluffy. The other one no is truth. like the truth of God's word with, with the, the emotion. emotion. Come on. Because I know that like like mm-hmm. th- information with emotion becomes long-term memory. Yes. But information without the emotion, there, it doesn't... Nothing. Exactly. It could be the truth. Yeah. Yeah. It don't do anything. And Jesus, Jesus, even Jesus did it with his parables. Yeah, that's actually parables. kind of what he yeah. did. He connected the truth to something, whether right. it is something in re- your life, right. to your emotions, whatever it is, right. and that way it stuck. That's why he gave parables about things that they did in their lives. It touched them now. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the thing is, you, in a sermon, you want to reach the heart. See, you're not after just the intellectual. You're after the heart because the heart is going to make them make the decision. Yeah, like even with like buying and se- like sales, yeah. you recognize you have to... People are emotional buyers, not really intellectual buyers. Right. We don't really do that. That's yeah. why like marketers, they use yeah. the emotion to help people make that yeah. decision. But in like manner with choosing Christ, there has to be like emotional and 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 truth-based right. decision. Correct. See, people have to, and we, you know, as a, as a Christian, period, you have to feel bad that your sins put him on the cross. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it ain't going to do nothing for you. Oh, yeah, Jesus died on the cross. Yeah, I know about that. I'm a Christian. Jesus died on the cross. And, and, if it don't move you, mm-hmm. then it doesn't hurt you. That, wow, look what I did. Mm-hmm. It's not going to cause you to move. That's emotion. That's mm-hmm. right. That's because you, you feel bad about it. Feeling is emotion. Correct. It has a very important place. Huh? Very important place. It's not, it's not to have the kingly place. Right. But it, it should have a place and a very important place. So then like the difference of, of entertainment is kind of like like the movies. They, mm-hmm. They're moving your feelings. Like That's all right. entertainment genres That's why they make are, money. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's basically the emotion, like comedy, romance, action, all these emotions, but there's no truth. It's no. actually falsehood. It's false emotion, F- false excitement. Yeah, so that's part of the reason why entertainment is bad. But there, so like we shouldn't be like sharing in the sense of just, just like entertain, like as preachers, we're not entertainers, no. but the no, information could be engaging. It's supposed to be engaging. Right. See, Jesus, when he was telling them parables, he said, "Behold, the lilies of the field." He said, "Look, he was there was a PowerPoint. Yeah, <laughs> that was a PowerPoint. <laughs> I love that. Point. That I was love a PowerPoint. That. Yeah, it was. I mean, because so true. it's a visual. Yeah, that's he said, awesome. Behold, the lilies of the field. See how they grow, and he and he set them up. Watch how he set them up. Now I'm curious why PowerPoint's called that. Like, why they choose that? To I know, right? I know. Right. <laughs> that's know, right. So watch this now. He set them up. Um, he said, "Behold, the lilies of the field. How they grow. So now you in it? You watch. Oh yeah, they grow nice." He says, but I tell you, Solomon in all his glory was not a ra- Boom, that hit him in the heart. Because mm-hmm. now he dealt with the intellectual. The, the visual, they see it, mm-hmm. but then they understand in their mind how glorified Solomon was. And then it, boom, hit him. It was like, wow. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And even emotional. Because even like the sermon you preached this morning, what really hit my heart to almost tears was... See, it, it was my emotions that was moved because I saw how Adam felt. Yes. Yes. I was crying. I was crying too. I was crying. Every time I do that sermon, I cry. But then I was crying too. I mean, I hear you, man. Because, because it really puts you there. And it puts you there. Wow, this is so beautiful. The reunion. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's the truth of it. 
and it cause you to um to do. so you got to appeal like that you cannot be a lecturer you see what i'm saying that's not a, a preacher a lecturer is not a preacher um so when, when you do that now now you got to set your sermon up you set your sermon up in three parts just like what we do in school remember a cliffhanger the, yeah, yeah you got i do cliffhangers yeah i do i that's all because to me I have to be an evangelism preacher, evangelistic style preacher. I'm trying to bring people to Jesus. So I'm not a lecturer. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, I'm telling a story and you're taking people into your story. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And the story that you're telling from the scriptures and you're mm -hmm. putting them there. Mm -hmm. So um, I like to do, that's my style. I like to do a little cliffhangers. You know, I'll tell a story in the beginning and then I will not finish it. Like I did here. I, I tell a story and I just won't finish it. Mm -hmm. And I'll leave you saying, man, I wonder what happened. And then I'll go into the sermon. And you got to wait at the end to see what happened at, the, you know, from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that is a wonderful way of keeping people's attention. Yeah, it is. Every, remember the preachers? Everybody loves stories. Mm -hmm. Adults, children. You tell a story, you got them. How many stories Jesus told? I, f I found that too. Like <laughs> in my early preaching, when people are starting to like doze off, you see their eyes getting heavy or they start looking around. And I'm like, can I tell you a story? And everybody just Come sits on. on the edge that's of their seat and say, they look up. <laughs> and isn't that how Jesus taught? Many yeah. times he told story. He's like, uh, th there was a man who had a vineyard. Yeah. Now you're like, okay, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But he taught truth in that. Right. You see what I'm saying? And then he bring Bible text. So what you do is you, you lead out with a story. That's how I do. Lead out with a story. And then you go through your Bible text. But you don't make your whole thing. Okay, turn it here. Turn it here. Turn it. Don't make your whole thing like that because you're dealing with TV minds. Yeah. You're even dealing with cell phone minds. You have to be able to get them in a story. That's the way Jesus did. So you, you're really following Jesus' method. So what happens is, look, you, do, you have your introduction. Mm -hmm. Then you have your body. And then your conclusion. Okay, that's three things you want to have in a sermon. Just like when you write an essay. It's the very thing. So the introduction, your body of the sermon, and then your conclusion. Mm -hmm. Now, your introduction, your introduction leads to your conclusion. Your introduction yeah. is going to... Go ahead. Especially with the cliffhanger. Especially with that style. But how... You don't have to preach like that, though. How There's many effective the preachers, uh, 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 styles of preaching without doing that. That's just right. me. Right. But go ahead. I, I, I see it's effective for sure. Um, would the introduction lead to the conclusion in another preaching style other than with the cliffhanger? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because you're, you're setting things up. With, you're Absolutely. presenting more questions and answers than at the conclusion you're kind of... Like connecting the You're answers. Gonna, with, that's right. Okay. You connect. So you don't have to do mm -hmm. clipping. That's not the only style to do. That's just my favorite one to do. And I, yeah. I, and I it's effective. Yeah. Even those times when I wasn't prepared, I ended up doing that. I ended up, in the end, I ended up making the same point I made in the beginning. God led you to that. that. That's, yeah. That is a complete sermon. When you do that, that's a complete message. It's not, you could tell when somebody prepared and they didn't prepare for the sermon. I can tell. I can tell right at the back if they really spend time with the Lord and really spend time preparing it. Otherwise, it's just they just talking. They just talking, and and then you know, the conclusion doesn't really hit anything from the beginning or from the middle. It's just, yeah, you know, just as, as the flow goes. Yeah, because this is how yeah. the flow goes, and that is not. I can tell as a preacher if somebody didn't really spend time. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now go ahead. Now I was just gonna. Uh, no, you you finish. You finish. Okay. So what you do is. 
in your introduction. Mm-hmm. Your introduction is going to lead to your conclusion. But now then you go into your body. Okay? Now your body, now all you're doing is building to your conclusion. That's what you're doing. Your body is going to be the substance of the message. So, and yeah. if that's the case, then you essentially have to understand what is your conclusion? Like, what's the point? That. And before you even start forming the, the preparation of the sermon. Absolutely. That for me, it's like you got to know what you want to bring out yeah. from the conclusion, and then you build. And that's why yeah. often when you preach a sermon, um, because I believe in being practical, like sometimes you will... You will uh, preach on these great truths, but ha- the thing is, how can you make them practical? So in your conclusion, you give them a few key points that kind of summarizes everything. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's let, let me give you an example with the sermon that you just heard me preach before. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you really look at it, what was that sermon about? It was about the great multitude. That's what it was really about. But you know what? You can preach that message by just reading it from the scriptures and telling people the facts about it, and it becomes boring. Mm-hmm. You see, it don't do anything. Mm-hmm. But when you preach it with some reality, when you bring stories into it, you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And you show, say, from that, I'm talking about the great multitude, but who are they? Those are the, all the people that are going to be saved. Well, that's people that dealt with, so basically with child, that's people. Yeah. And we. Real life examples. Real life, so we brought, we were brought up, all of us, right? With a sinful nature. We all messed up. How in the world we get there? In mm-hmm. the kingdom of God. So that's where I, I went from. Showing you how we're broken. We ain't got no business being there, but let me show you how you can get there. Which, and which, I'm gonna show you by some examples. Mm, you see what okay. I'm saying? And then you end with it. Boom. Mm. So go ahead. Well, when I was studying about storytelling, I, I started to realize how important it was. So I was trying to realize that, and a lot of times with every story, you have like empathy that is built in the beginning, mm-hmm. with like showing how everybody has a sinful nature and everybody's like developed that. And I, I was reading in the book evangelism that. Christ was able to draw the multitudes, and we could still draw the same numbers, but it was through the sympathetic tone. Yes. So that his ability to relate. Yes. When we relate the information, the experience, our experience, yes. the message to the experience of the individual, that relatability is what helps people. Absolutely. That's why I tell a lot of stories about my life. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when I preach, it's about me. It's about me and foster care. It's about me sinning mm-hmm. when I was in the world. It's about me. So I'm I'm relating to the people. I'm not above them. Yeah. And they see me as, wow, God can do that for him. That's to be the first step. That's why the Bible says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things you're like, now you don't have to have a dramatic life mm-hmm. in the hood and all of that stuff. You don't have to do that. Regular things that happen in your life, mm-hmm. you bring that to them. That's That's key to me. You got to be personable. Mm-hmm. You have to do that. Um, oh. You have to do that. Even just the small things that happen. Small things that happen in your life. You know what? I was, like, I told a story one time where I was walking to church. My son was about, I don't know how he was, six maybe. And and we were walking. It was cloudy. And he was like, Dad, I want the sun to shine. We were walking to a church. He was like, I was like, really? I was like, well, you know what? Let's just stop and you just pray for it. So we stopped. And then he we went to a what? We were walk, we walking to a church. My son, me uh-huh. and I, he was uh-huh. six years old. Mm-hmm. And we were walking. He was like, Dad, I want the sun to come out. Oh, It was I cloudy. See. Yeah. And so I said, you do? He said, yeah. I said, well, let's just stop in the street here and pray for it. So we stopped and we prayed. We opened our eyes. The sun was shining. <laughs> Put that in the sermon. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? That's right. Any kind of story like that, 
Come on, man. You, you got to do, Jesus did it. Now, here's another thing. Here's another thing about making an appeal. Now, here's the thing that's going to be you. It's going to come from you as a preacher. Mm -hmm. All right? You have to be bold enough to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I stress. Righteous are as bold as a lion. You got, come on, brother. You got to do it. Now, check this out. This is what we got, because we're people. So I'm going to be real, real, real frank here. We people and we struggle, you know. You have to put in your mind, because every preacher, I don't care who it is. You feel bad if you make that appeal and know nobody come up. Yeah. It's embarrassing to you. You understand what I'm trying to say? Definitely. You have to come face to face with that fact. Don't try to make it. Well, I didn't make the appeal because of no. You didn't make the appeal because you were scared. Have you done altar calls and nobody came up before? No. But let me tell you. Let me tell you this. Look. But what I have, what I have done is this. I made. But it might happen. It might happen in this camp meeting. Right. You have to put it yourself in your mind that if nobody comes up, I'm still doing it. I, because you have to realize in your mind, Lord, let me just analyze this thing. The reason why I feel like that is because it's about me. Exactly. I'm embarrassed. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. But if this thing ain't really about me, it don't matter if nobody come up. No. So that's what you have to come face to face with as a person and as a preacher. And David, I'm doing it because God said to do it. I don't care if nobody comes up. No. I'm going to make that appeal. When I was so that that you ain't gonna have no technique with that. Right. I told you about other things about the sermon. That's good. But that you gonna it's faith. That's mm -hmm. just straight raw faith. Mm -hmm. And you're making that and you're making that appeal. When I was when I was at the Oregon camp meeting, Pastor Perch. Yeah, I love Pastor Perch. That's my boy. I was with him a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He told me. He said never preach a sermon without having an altar call. That's what he told me. I said give me Bible. <laughs> but I can see the power of it. It's mm -hmm. powerful. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you don't have to actually make an altar call all the time, but you have to make an appeal. That was going to be my question. I always have a, a, question, a question at the end of my sermons, an appeal question. I want to see your hand. I want to see some. Or at the church in Arkansas, I say, take out your cards because I have uh, uh, visitor cards, but they are, we call it in the valley cards because you're in the valley of decision. Mm. And I have four lines, one, two, three. So at the end, take out your cards. I'm going to ask you four questions. Number one, was the message clear? Just write yes or no. Everybody gets pens. The second of all, and second question has to deal with something with the sermon. Yes or no. Se third question. Yeah. And then the last one I put on the screen, yes or no. That's an appeal. And that's, we're going to pick up your cards at the end. We're going to call you. I want you to fill it out. We want to know how you're doing. That's an appeal. Mm -hmm. Every sermon, you got to have an appeal. It's called action. Call Some to action. Sort of action. Everyone. But at certain ones, you got to make that altar call. So you have to do how it. do you determine? You have, to, you have to know as a preacher, I just got to do it. I don't care if I'm a little stupid. I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. I got to do it. How do you know to distinguish between when would be an appeal and when would be an altar call? I, I, I like to do it with, for me, mm -hmm. and this is just opinion here, mm -hmm. with certain sermons. Certain sermons, I always make appeal with every sermon. But yeah. certain sermons, I don't make a altar call appeals on. Um, it just depends on what it's about. You see what I'm saying? And in other words, for instance, the other uh, last the other week I did a sermon called "Absent from the Body, Present with the Lord," mm -hmm. and it was about that text mm -hmm. in you know First Corinthians five um, about that. So I'm teaching about the state of the dead. Mm -hmm. Now I made appeal, but I didn't make an altar call to so, that one. You so see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I when do. you when you would make an appeal, it is. Oh, uh, that's in the car. I mean, in the um, 
that the camera. Yeah. When you make like when you make an altar call is when you are calling people to surrender. Mm -hmm. When you make an appeal is when you're teaching them something. Or well, you're they're, they're both the same thing. They're both a call. Same thing. Yeah. One, same thing. One's, one's a call to like make a decision. It could yeah. be in their heart. It could be with their hand. It could be right. on, on a paper. Like, like hey, message. brother. Yeah. Good man. Good man. Good man. I want to shake your hand, man. All nice right. to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. What's your name? Chris. Chris. Nice Chris. to meet you. My name is Enoch. Yeah, and that's right. Yeah. Where were we? Somewhere you you came by and you said, uh, introduced yourself. Oh, okay. You weren't teaching the youth class, were you? I was not. I was there. Oh, you were Chris there. Chris was teaching. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, your both name is Chris. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. It's great. Good to see you, brother Chris. I just wanted to bother you, man. I know you're on your way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what right. I was getting at, like, for example, uh, let's say you're giving a health message. Yeah. You would make an appeal. Yes. You know, not not an altar call, but not you would make an altar call. Appeal, like. Will you surrender? Will you commit to doing this? Right. To surrendering your life and following this God's plan. Correct. Correct. Or you could say also, was the message clear today? Mm -hmm. I use that a lot. Was it clear? Mm -hmm. I, I want to know if you understood it. You know, um, do you have any questions that you might want to ask later or something like that? Or, um, but then on health things, if people, especially if people are hearing it for the first time, I make appeal questions, but not completely direct as that. Like, will you make changes right now? I wouldn't do that. But maybe the appeal a, would be to receive further education or personal Something training. like that. Right. Or something geared to it, like something like this. Because uh, we just went through the Bible with it, right? So I'll say mm -hmm. something like that. Are you? Do you want to be committed to follow the Word of God? You know, uh, do you realize that you want to be like Jesus where he says, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. So you see kind of indirect things, indirect kind of appeals when it comes to stuff like that because you know... That's very sensitive to people. So, and if they're hearing it for the first time, there's always going to be something like, I'm game for this thing right away. But it's going to some people. Amen. That was me too. <laughs> I was like that. But you're going to have people who are not like that. Right. And so you don't, you want to be gentle. You want to be, you don't want to lose them mm -hmm. by straight up asking them that. And they still struggling in their seat, even though everything they saw was truth. Mm -hmm. They still like, like Zacchaeus. It's like he, he heard John the Baptist preaching, right. and he believed he was convicted, but he didn't do it right away. Mm -hmm. You're going to have people like that. They convicted, so you don't want to stab them. You want to be, you want to, you know, want to lay off and then let the seed develop within them. Yeah, know? it's so true, because when you mm -hmm. plant the seed, you can't expect the fruit, like the, the day that you plant it. It's right. like first the blade, then the ear, Correct. and the full corn in the ear. Correct. But it's going to be some people like you, like me, that boom, it's going to spring up right away. Uh, that we hear it, we don't care, we want it, mm -hmm. you know. But everybody's not like that, right? But you got to reach everybody. You do as a preacher. You Another do. thing I, I, I was taught when I took preaching classes, I, I, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this, and this is what I like to do. I was taught to preach. Every time you preach, every single time you preach, preach like it's your last time preaching. Like Noah. Like it's your last time. When you do that, yeah, you're going to be emotional. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sense, it's yeah. my last time. You're going to be truthful. Yeah. Alter calls to be more successful. Come on. That's what I'm saying. I, I heard. Because you believe it. Ellen White says that. She says, if, 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 if you don't get up there and preaching like you believe it, you might as well sit down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So true. I heard, I heard a preacher saying one day, he was like, imagine you have your son... 
He's 18 years old. He's been in your your home for all these years. You've trained him in all the ways of Christianity. And, and he is at this stage where he was about to leave the church forever. Like, he, he's about to make a decision to move out and change everything in his life and give up what he has learned that you have taught him from, from childhood up. And he's coming to church for the last day. And this is the last opportunity that he has to hear a message to make the right decision. So, like, how... How would you want to speak to your son in that situation? And know that it might not be your son, but someone's 18-year-old son is in the audience today, and that may be their last opportunity to hear the truth yes, for sir. this time. Yes, sir. I was just like, wow. Yeah, and the reality of it is, is that that may be the reality. It's we true. just don't know what's going on with folks. Right. And we it found may that be the reality. A lot of times it has been. So, a lot of times it has been. You know, so... That's what you want to do. When you said you took preaching classes, what do you mean by that? Where where was? Oh, that? I was studying to be a pastor in the conference. Oh, okay. That was AUC. Okay. It was a, a Greater New York Conference, Atlantic Union College. I had I was fortunate to have very good mm-hmm. teachers. That's good. Very good teachers. Very good. Very good teachers. I'm really passionate about this this subject because I I have dedicated my life to true education and working with young people to help them to identify their unique calling in their life Mm -hmm. and understand their gifts and dedicate them to the Lord's service. And part of that that training, I realized that voice culture is essential to have in every institution. Correct. So we're seeking to teach voice culture. We just started a missionary meeting this last uh, two Wednesdays that's actually giving people an opportunity to be able to share their faith and mm-hmm. with some feedback. Mm-hmm. Now, voice culture is important too. Let's talk about that a little bit. When you're preaching, mm-hmm. um, you have to know when to go up and when to come down. Now, the, Ellen White says that in Zyre of Ages that Jesus, when he spake, it was like melody. Was like yeah, melodious a voice. Melodious voice. Yeah. Well, a melodious voice is not flat. No. You know that, right? <laughs> it's not monotone. It's not monotone. That's how the Pharisees spoke. It's attractive. You know, a, a melody and a melody goes up and it goes down, and it, and, and and it sounds a certain way. Now you heard I just what I say that, and it yeah. sounds a certain way. Right. Now how different does that sound when I say it sounds a certain way? <laughs> it sounds completely. It sounds a certain way. Right. Uh-huh. It has more of an effect. You or, see what I'm saying? Or even but like it sounds a certain way. It doesn't do anything. Melodious voice that sounds a certain way. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> it's like that—that's monotone. It's too monotone. And it's interesting right. because melodies actually play on your feelings. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Now, is, this is not. Let, oh, this one. This is not bad science because there's a, two books called Mind, Character, and Personality. We got to understand how the human mind works, especially you're gonna win souls. You got to understand. Now, this is not talking about manipulating because that's going against other people's will, people's will. And that's when you fall into sin. Um, and, and that's like hypnosis? Hypnosis, NLP. So I, get, I don't even know how to do that stuff and I don't want to know how to do that stuff. This is not that. How, if, like, if you don't know what NLP is, then how do you know that you're not picking up some NLP practices, but you just learned it in a different way and you weren't aware of that? Okay, let me explain That's something myself. that's like an honest like, yeah. concern because I, I yeah. hear some of these little tidbits and yeah. 
And I also hear little like explanations, a little bit of what NLP is. I'm like, some of this stuff sounds yeah. familiar with what people are saying. Let me explain myself. When I say I don't know NLP, I don't mm. know the depths of it. Okay. But I do know the certain points. Okay. Now, one the of principles. the points is the principles is mirroring. Uh, yeah. Now, you know what that is, right? Right. It's like I'm talking to you. See what you're doing right now? Yeah. So it, it's, I'm, that's mirroring. I don't yeah. do that. I don't mess around with stuff like that. What else? Anger. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I had ministers use that on me before and scare me into doing what they want to do. And I did. They, it worked on oh, yeah. me, you know, where they use anger, intimidation in order to get people to do what they want to do. Um, ministers are in a certain place where if they did that, they will be effective. Why? Because people naturally respect the ministers. Yeah. The, the, and Ellen White said that y you should use that what that 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 um power that God has given the minister for good, so God has given the minister that uh, that power where people automatically oh that's the minister you know they automatically respect you that's a good thing, mm -hmm. but people have used that and uh for for wrong like they would use the um the anger thing and people automatically they shut down and they'll do whatever he wants that is a form of NOP what else is a form of NOP um how did they do that with anger with anger. Um, I'll give you an example of how it was used for me one time. Um, the, this minister in Massachusetts, when I was a Bible worker years ago, he wanted me to do something. I forgot what it was. I was not used to doing that. A certain style of preaching or something like that. It was just not me or whatever like that. And he was like, come on, just do it. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. See, I'm a Bible worker. He's the minister. Yeah. You naturally in your mind reverence the minister. You respect yeah, him. And then boom, he, he got you, you see? And he was totally off, but I went along with it. So ministers use that power in the wrong way. It's a solemn responsibility. It is a solemn responsibility. So you don't want to do stuff like that. Um, and I don't know the, some of the other points off the top yeah. of my head. No, no, I was just kind of curious what you meant by anger. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. But, but that, that's it. I don't want to know any more about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but, so these, these are NLP techniques. Hmm. And people can use those things and not really know what they're, they, they use. They just know that they're manipulating people. Yeah. And they getting yeah. what they want, but you don't want to do that. But You're you know preaching the word. You, you, you know what's wrong. wrong. See, that's why the appeal really is to, is a when you're making appeals and you do the things that we talked about, mm -hmm. you are recognizing all those things. You are recognizing that that person has free will. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? That's different than when this NLP stuff. Mm -hmm. We're ah, You yeah, see, so we, we, we're coming together with a body, with a sermon, and we're building it to a conclusion. That's because we're we trying to prove something to them. Mm -hmm. So we're recognizing they have free will. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if I didn't and want to do that, the other one is subconscious. Right now, if if I did not want to, uh, uh, if I just wanted to get them to do what I wanted to do, I would learn NLP, and I won't even make a sermon like that. Because there's other ways for the NLP teachers that you can manipulate the mind, that makes and sense. they're gonna you see what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But when you do it these these ways, you're trying to appeal to the person, and guess what? It don't always work. The decision. It don't always work. You know why? This 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 side don't always work. It's, this I don't always work because it's ultimately the person's yeah, decision. The sinful heart of man. Yeah, and, and people are desensitized. Right. So you can that means you can go up there and preach your heart out and, it might and make it an altar call appeal and nobody come down. But guess what? And it's not always your fault. It's not always your it's not your fault at all. You can't force them. Right. If you prepared and did your thing, they have to allow the Holy Ghost to penetrate their spirit. Right. Their mind. You understand what I'm saying? So it's up, it's, up, it's up to them to actually make the decision. Because I remember one time I was preaching. Um, this was last year. This was last year. I remember it was up here. It was in Washington at a church. 
and it was um they told me uh when you know went to the elders study and they're praying together before we go out to to they and they said oh wow somebody is here this young man is here i was like who said this young man and it was like he haven't been here in a long time um he's caught up in drugs He's caught up in all of these different things, and his mother is so happy that she's here. I said, which one is he? He said, right here. I said, okay. So in my mind, as a preacher, I'm going after that brother. Mm-hmm. He's here? It's an opportunity. Right. Drugs on him. Long hair, just like, just right. kind of, you know, scraggly. So I did the sermon, right? And I made that altar call appeal. And I'm like, come. He didn't come. Other people are coming. And I kept making it be. I'm going to make it be. I'm going to say it again. God is speaking to somebody's heart. I know it. You've been through a lot. I'm like, I know it. Calm down now. Then his mother came. She came out. She came. She was kneeling or whatever like that. And I said, I'm doing my time. You know where you are. You know you can. And then and he was like this the whole time. That whole all those appeals, he wasn't even looking at me. Yeah. You could tell the conviction was there, but he's just like this. Yeah, he was convicted. He, he was convicted, but I'm not going. You could tell it's like you know, so I'm, I'm not going up. So I'm looking at him, right? I'm just staring at him, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he just he looks up. I say, you know who you are, and he looks up, and his eyes caught me, and I said, come. And he, he went like this, and he got up, and he came, and he came down, That's and his right. mother, he went back next to his mother, mother looked up, she saw her boy, oh, she just yeah. started crying, uh, I was not going to say no, I, I mean, yeah. I was not going to take it, you understand what I'm saying? Right. Now, a couple more times, and he didn't come, maybe I would have leaned off, but sometimes the Holy Spirit just be like, you better linger, you better linger. Determination. Yeah, you got, you're a warrior. You're a warrior. I've seen. And you yeah. got to get that captive. Mm-hmm. You have to rescue them. You rescue them from sin through Jesus. So sometimes you got to just linger. Mm-hmm. And you got to be bold about it. See? <laughs> That's the hard part. You got to be bold. But I've done it so much. Mm-hmm. I just want to be I'm a bold soldier now it's like when you step out of your comfort zone your comfort zone gets bigger that's it and I've seen it where ministers would would linger and then they'd give another appeal until every person in the audience wow. is there wow. I'm just like whoa wow. Wow. and some people are really effective and so I see people like that you don't see a lot of preachers that make the altar calls uh, well as often as there are people who will go up front and teach and then I just see, like, what makes a difference? Like, what's going on in their minds? I make more, that... a lot of altar calls. I, like, I make a lot of, because I just, I become bolder in doing it. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm still human. Sometimes you, you get shy, you're in front of people, mm. but you just get out of it when you start preaching. You know how it, yeah. just, it just start going? Yep, yep. <laughs> Especially when you see, like, the tears flow and you see the conviction in people's yeah. hearts and you're like, mm-hmm. people are touched. And I, I've seen that a lot, too. Like the last. grab it. That's the last few months, and I, I've I've seen like people just like bawling, and like their hearts are affected, and I'm yeah. like, I need to do an altar call. And yeah. I have it. <laughs> oh, when you see that, you better run to it, man. You, you got to run. I think run. I will now. Yes, they they don't want the hook. Right, they don't want the hook. You're a fisher of men. You got to bring the fish in. Yeah. So you you, you when you see I, that now, I now, just think like what like what have I I I the opportunities have I missed because of not doing that. Right now, at the same time. Uh, even if you don't see crying and stuff like that, still make the altar call. People right. still come. Mm-hmm. Now, let me say this too. This is important. 
you have to you have to be true to who you are. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't try to be Imitate somebody, somebody else. yeah. Don't try to be somebody else cuz you're going to be putting on putting on a show. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not what you're doing. So you want now, don't get me wrong. Preachers that you like and that you listen to, it's like if you, if you can imitate them. That's okay. If if you feel like well, I can do that because I see it's effective yeah, I, and I love the way they do it, but just don't try to be somebody else yeah, is what I'm, I'm trying to say. Yeah, I've I've done that because uh, in my past, like when I was learning a lot, I would sometimes watch some preachers and they would use the whiteboard, and for me, it was effective for me. So that's why I always use the whiteboard mm-hmm. when I preach. Right, and it works. So there's nothing wrong with that. You learn from other preachers, and uh-huh. I like this with their style. I'm I'm gonna adopt this style. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's fine. You you, always, you you do that. But what I'm just saying is you don't try. You have to let you come out. Mm-hmm. You know, sanctify you, not old man you, of course. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Christ in you. Christ in you, you. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That kind of you. Right. So um, you you, you want to do that. You want to be yourself. So, like, if, if they know Enoch is a certain way, they know, you know, how what, however you preach, make that appeal in your, the, how they know your you. Way. You. Mm-hmm. Your way. You may not make it the way I make it. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? You, but you're going to make it the way you make it, and it's going to be real, and people are going to see it. People are going to see this is real. This is, this is, this is, he's, he's, not, he's not faking this stuff. This is not a show. It's going to have a stronger power. It reminds me of the quote where Jesus, um, well, in, in the Gospels where the centurion said, never man spake as this man before, and then Desiree just says it's because never man lived as this man before. Wow. So the consistency between what was spoken yeah. and what was lived, yes. they, they saw that. Correct. So w- another question, I, it seems like I notice when people give altar calls and then they linger or they give another one, I've almost noticed like a pattern where it seems like sometimes like their initial altar call, like they'll go through stages it seems like, like they're talking to a specific audience, like maybe those giving their hearts to Christ for the first time, maybe the rededication or a commitment today to overcome something. And and sometimes it seems like their appeal gets like stronger yes, or I do more like yeah, right. is that so that's an intentional thing is what you're saying? I I personally I never thought about it that way, but yeah. I do do that. And the reason why I do that is because I'm scanning. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm you know I'm impressed with the certain need mm-hmm. as I'm doing it. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? And another thing is uh, uh, I have thought about this part. Where I kind of make a general altar call because certain people won't come up unless they see others come up first. Yeah, it's true. You see what I'm trying to say? So you make a general one. So, so in other words, again, you're protecting the people who may feel a little bit embarrassed, but they really want to go. You're making it easier for them. Yeah. You see? So you're constantly ministering. <laughs> you're ministering to the yeah. people mm-hmm. and the different people. So... That's one way of... Uh, That's very interesting. While you do it that way. Mm-hmm. I like how Desire of Ages describes it. When Jesus looked at the people, he didn't see like an indiscriminate mass. He actually recognized exactly. the lighting up of the faces, mm-hmm. the, the rejection of the truth, exactly. the hardening of the heart. Or He even recognized when he saw familiar faces. And so he studied people's faces. Exactly. And in order to do that, you got to make eye contact. you got to make eye contact. So you got to be bold. Yeah. Now, another thing is that... All right, babe. Y'all have a good time. All right. Thanks. All right. Um, that's my daughter, by the way, Judea. That's so. nice. Judea, this Pastor Enoch I was telling you about. Oh. Hi, Judea. Nice to meet you, nice I, to meet you I, too. I know you know my boy Willie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you guys later. All okay. Right. So anyway, um, 
Yeah, you, you that, that precisely. You you have to look, and you know you know a miracle happens though when you're up there. Um, you're impressed with things by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. On, you know, I'm now I'm gonna you know uh, uh, bring up this appeal for that person over there. Or mm -hmm. for that person over there, you start to be impressed. You start to you receive the spirit of prophecy. Yeah, yeah. you actually receive yeah. it. Exactly. You yeah. actually receive it. That's interesting. Yeah, you receive. You, you don't realize it, but it happens while you're in the moment. What do you mean by that? What I mean is that, uh, see, you can't read people's minds, right? But you're looking at them, and but but how could you know that they really want to come up? It's, it's just like that you know it yeah. now. It's just something like you just know it. That's the, the that's, that's the Holy Spirit. The, yeah. That's the spirit. Of, that's the Holy Spirit. He's he's prophesying to you. That's the one, not in those words, but he's saying. You know, mm -hmm. he's he's preaching to you. Go, make that appeal to that person. Yeah, Up the appeal yeah. to this person. Because so certain certain times, like I said before, certain of these things, is not going to be taught. Sure. Certain of these things you got to be in it. Go ahead. It's interesting. It's experience because. It's the same Holy Spirit that is working on you and speaking through you. It's the same Spirit that is working on that person right there. Correct. And the Spirit will tell you there's That's a right. connection here. That's correct. I'm trying to work on You will person. know that. Yeah. And I really like... And it doesn't mean that they're going to come up, though. Right. But you just got to obey. Yeah. But I appreciate that comment. <laughs> the, <laughs> I, I really like how when you're, you're speaking... So you think you're you're talking about a certain subject, and that's what you that you prepare for, and then like <laughs> someone else come up to you, and they're like, "Thank you so much for talking about," and then in your mind you're like, "That wasn't even close. I don't even yeah, remember yeah. where I said that yes. once." Yes. Like I, it's like the Holy Spirit the Holy just Ghost. interpreted that message for them that's specifically. Correct. That's correct. And they heard exactly what they needed to hear. That's correct. And so it really takes a lot of pressure off of us as. As preachers, right. is in that recognizing it's not us. No, the words are not ours. It, the work is not ours. The conviction is not ours. It is the Holy Spirit working through us right. as an empty vessel, and it, He impresses the heart on, on the people. So it's like this huge burden is lifted when, when, like you were saying, it's not about me. Listen, you you just give yourself. That's the it. Spirit will do the rest. That's right. Uh, the reason why we fail so many times is because we want to do the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. And that's what we do. Right. And so because of what you just said and because of what you just said, that's why it don't matter to you if nobody comes up. Yeah, sure. Right. See, but we got to train ourselves like that. It don't matter. I'm still going to do it. I'm not in bad. I'm doing what God told me to do. How many times have people, God made appeals and people didn't come? How many times have God did that? I mean, I could say in my own life, God's made appeals to, to and me. And we didn't walk I, down the altar. That's right. right. How many times? So God is, if anybody's, if, if anybody's talking about being embarrassed, he's the most embarrassed one then. You but he's not embarrassed because he he's it's not. the love That's that correct. he has for the people is so strong. Yeah. He's willing to endure and, and persevere. And like love on it outlasts. It believeth all things, hopeth all it endureth all things. That's right. And that word endure means outlast. So God's love is outlasting in wow. his appeal. Right. Hallelujah. Therefore That's amazing. He's not really embarrassed. Like exactly. That. exactly. So that's how we have to be. <laughs> that is awesome. I like that. It does yeah. something that's done of me, but that is awesome. Look at Jesus' ministry. Uh -huh. Jesus had the biggest ministry ever. Uh -huh. The Bible says multitudes followed him. Mm -hmm. They couldn't even count how many people followed him. Mm -hmm. I mean, you talk about a mega church? I mean, he had the <laughs> biggest ministry ever. Uh -huh. But what happened? the cross. Oh, for sure. 
they all forsook him, except for John and some sisters, right? So Jesus' ministry looks like the biggest failure of all time. And it was an apparent failure. It was an apparent failure. That's right. You see what I'm saying? So you have to, we have to put ourselves there. He was willing to put himself out there like that. Remember, he even told them, he even told them, uh, uh, when he says, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And people say, that's a hard saying. Mm -hmm. Who can hear it? And it says, from that time, many walked away from him, never to walk anymore with him. And Desire of Ages was mentioning, it was at that time that Judas really settled in his heart that his kingdom is not of this world. And he he decided in heart he walked away from Jesus mm. and from that point forward he was on it was another spirit that was leading him I think when, when you're working with the same people to a certain extent you have to come to a place where where you where they're sifted that's what Jesus did there. Mm -hmm. that's right they were sifted but one, one thing that really helped me especially when knocking on doors and it's the same principle in this like when making altar calls no one comes is um Eternity will show how many people were convicted, and they are going to be judged based on that conviction that and the appeal that you made, and they didn't come. Right. So it was not a failure. Judgment was being right. Out. Right. And, and just because they didn't come on that appeal, don't mean they're not gonna come to Jesus. Right. And I could say from my experience, I've gone to a lot of different churches growing up, but there was this one church that I went to when I was like 13, 14 or something. My mom dragged me to church. I'd stay up all night playing video games. I'd not want to be there. I'd sleep in the pews. And so one day I was awake and I heard the sermon and it was different. It was a new church. I was deeply convicted that Christ is coming so soon and we are living in the time of the judgment. And like God, it like I need to give my heart to Christ today. Mm. It's like I really need to get serious. Mm. And that conviction was so strong. And I'm like, never a man spake like this man before. Mm. I've never heard mm. such conviction and truth here mm -hmm. out of all the churches I've been to. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't ready. Like I didn't yield to that conviction. Mm -hmm. And so I kept sleeping, kept doing my own way. But when it was when I was 16, and I and the Lord really took my heart. And he reminded me when I was the happiest, it was when I was on fire for Christ. I'm like, I want that. And so I was coming closer to Jesus. Then there's no question in my mind. I knew where to go. I was going to that church. Wow. That church three, four years ago. Mm. There's no, I, there's a lot of options. That's the one church I wanted to go to. Oh, because man. of that appeal, Heal. because of that conviction yeah. I received, right. I was like, this is the truth. That's it. Other stuff is just playing around. That's right. That's right. So that's why I was saying before, the beginning of the conversation, the truth touching the emotions of the heart. When the Bible said the heart, many times it's talking about the emotions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not, but sometimes mm -hmm. it's a bit of context. Mm -hmm. But the truth touching the emotions causes somebody to get up. Mm -hmm. If the truth is not going to penetrate that, mm -hmm. they're not going to get up. Yeah. They're it's not going to get up. So you've got to reach the heart. So then what, what do you see as a balance like between... So I teach classes in the missionary training school and, you know, there's a Sabbath divine service, which I believe is for evangelism and for reaching the people, pointing them to Christ. And then there could be like Sabbath afternoon meetings. Um, there's like different contexts or different types of meetings. Well, like what times are you, like the difference between a lecture and a sermon okay. like there's there's teaching and there's preaching i t preaching at the, preaching 
also should include teaching. Mm-hmm. Preaching without yeah, I, teaching I is nothing. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. That's what the intellectual has to be there. Mm-hmm. It, you can't just preach. You see, it has to be. You have to preach the truth. You have to bring people to a knowledge of the truth. Mm-hmm. At the same time, making helping them to make a decision. So. Um, when I'm teaching a class, a Bible class, mm-hmm. or even a class on the evangelism, how to do evangelism, sure. we was there with y'all. Remember that we had a, yeah, I remember. I, I had remember an opportunity. I, I, I even remember what you said. Amen. See, so you heard what he said? Yeah, he, he shared it with people too. Okay, praise God. Yeah, so he taught t- a class on that based on what you shared. Well, praise the Lord. I yeah, think I gave you all the, uh, the my notes, right? Uh, I took notes. I'm okay, not- okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, but that's good. I'm glad you took notes. There is no difference to me. Mm-hmm. I cannot. If I'm going to teach you anything from the word, if it's not, if I can't, if it's not convicting you, mm-hmm. it don't mean nothing. Good. That's that's what I wanted to hear. So it's no difference. So if I'm teaching you how to do evangelism and I'm reading quotes or I'm questioning a Bible answer, I'm still trying to reach the heart, mm-hmm. even in class. So when the class when the class is finished, people are like, "Man, I'm ready to work for the Lord." Mm-hmm. You see, they have it instead of just well, yeah. Jesus used this method. He used this method. He did this. He did that. He did that. He did that. Yeah. One one thing, like even you know, in, even it in doesn't teaching, mean anything. even in teaching, you can use stories. Yes. Oh yeah. Even in teaching. So me, I don't see a difference. Because Ellen White says, like, as as young people, we should direct them to read like what the stories of the prophets and these these great men because yeah. it's gonna it's gonna kindle a, des- a spirit in them yes. to be like them. Right. And, and I think that's, that's the good. Point. Now, let me say something to you. I, I, shit, I, I don't want to sound crazy, but it's just the truth, I believe. Everybody is not a preacher. There's a whole lot of preachers, but everybody's not a preacher. Everybody don't have the gift. It's a gift from God to be able to preach and win the heart. That's from the Lord. Everybody, every man has their proper gift of God. The Bible talks about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not saying, saying anything y'all don't know. Is that right? Yeah, that's Ellen White even talks about that not everybody should be knocking on doors. There's some people that don't have the gift. Everybody should not be. Now, people who don't have the gift, I think that they should still experience it, but they should be there quiet and praying and let the man or the woman with the gift be the one to be talking. You see what I'm saying? Everybody, you know, everybody should do it, but everybody sh- should experience it, but everybody shouldn't be at the head of doing it. You understand what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. So for me, I love knocking on doors. I love talking with people, but I know my stronger gift is evangelistic style preaching. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm ready to willing for a man that just knows how to just deal with people on the streets and deal with talking with people. I'm going to let back up and let that man do his thing. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because he's more important than even me. Because he brings the people to me. Exactly. To be able to hear me. If I don't have him, I can't exercise my gift. That's why the church is important. That's why we saw about the General Assembly <laughs> and working together. You need... We gonna have to work together because you can't just just because you got a gift here. We're a body, right? So the toe, and, and then you got the leg. You need both. Yeah, like a liver cannot exist outside of the body. It, like it's a complete system that's interdependent. Right. Everybody needs everybody. Nobody's greater than anybody. And so all the workers, even God put that plane. He put all of the workers on the same level. You know what He said? You all get a tenth. He didn't say the preacher gets more than the the Bible worker. We all he, we all on the same level. 
tenth. Everybody gets a tenth. Tie. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just because you're the evangelistic preacher and doing the crusade, don't mean you get more than the guy who brought the people to the meetings. Mm -hmm. You don't have him. You don't have nobody to preach to. You preaching to the pews. Mm -hmm. So everybody has their gift. Now I'm saying that because uh, there's a lot of preachers, a lot of people preaching, but they don't have the gift of preaching. And what we really should be doing is getting the people who have the gift to do that part so that they can win souls. Some people are pastors and have the gift of pastorialship. Mm -hmm. Now, part of pastorialship is preaching, but they may not have the gift of preaching, preaching. You understand what I'm saying? So, but they have the gift of bringing people together, pastoring, teaching them how to stay in Christ and learning doctrine and all these different things. Putting, putting people together, going on church trips and keeping the church connected, you know, uh, planning for evangelism, outreach and stuff like that. But they may not be the preacher, preacher. Yeah, wow. That, I, I mean, that it just dawned upon me. Something just dawned upon me. That makes a lot, a lot of sense. So what we do is we got to get somebody in there to do that part. And, and the, the, pre is, the pastor will get somebody in there. I want you to do this part for me. You do the crusade. I don't have. I want to do. The, you do the crusade. You see what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. I want it to be effective. That's the church. That's how we work as the church. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that when the Bible says, "But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory," it also means like if you have the gift of preaching and you need some other people to work to do the other things, yeah, God will provide that. You provide it. You have seen that all over the place. God brings certain people together. Yes. And it works as a unit. Right. It works as a unit, and nobody's better than than everybody else. Right. Now, what's interesting is that the preacher always gets the accolades. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? They don't, and this is what makes some preachers' heads get big, because they think I have done this. I have built Great Babylon. You know, look at all the things that I have done, because I know how to preach. I made appeal people come or whatever like that. Without me, you guys are nothing. Yeah. No. Somebody organizes camp meeting. Come on, brother. <laughs> you need every bit. Your gift cannot be used. Just like a call porter. Some people knocking on the door, they got the gift of knocking on doors and going something. Guess what? If you don't have a church system, their gift is useless. What are they going to bring the people to? I've seen it. So yeah. you know what I'm talking about. So we are body. That's why we keep hitting this unity. We got to work together. Mm -hmm. We got to somehow do it. We got to recognize that the, a Bible worker is a minister of God equal to a, a pastor, equal to a, an evangelist and preacher. Equal. We're a body. The deaconesses. You don't have the deaconesses. What you got? You ain't got nothing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You got to have everybody. So got a mess. Right. Now, I say that because that's a reality I think that we have to come to. But then here's another reality. Say you don't have the gift of that type of preaching. The Bible says, ask for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You'll receive it. Amen. Come on. That was going to be my next question, too. Uh, come on. <laughs> yeah. So you can get it. Yeah. I've seen it happen. I've seen people who could not Hallelujah. preach, but they see others and they're inspired. Praise they the say, Lord. well, God gave that man that isn't clear that, that the Lord put his hand upon him as far as that particular gift. Mm -hmm. I, Lord, I don't have that gift, but I want to be able to be effective mm -hmm. like that. Yes. And then the Lord will give them the gift. We have a privilege. And, and it's like the verse where yep. it's like you knowing... You being evil, know to give good gifts to your children. How much more would the God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's like if our children ask for food, we're not going to give them a, a scorpion if they That's ask right. for an egg. That's right. Yes. So, God, so God's you, willing. If you want the gift, He'll give it to you. But if you're not praying for it, and 
you recognize somebody else has it at this moment and you need something like that, don't get puffed up. Let the man do it. Mm-hmm. He's going to make you look good anyway. That's all he's doing. <laughs> he's making you look good. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Now, not that you want to be looking good, but we got to look at these things that way because we're carnal. Right. Naturally. Naturally, we're carnal. And those natural things come out a lot. We, sometimes we're all about looking good. That's why we don't make a Baltic Baltic calls. I mean, that's the bottom line. We yeah, don't self. make we don't make selfish. altar calls because we're selfish. Yeah, it's so true. That's bad. it. We don't want to look bad, but you got to put yourself on the line. And I've done it so many times. Sometimes I did an altar call, and man, it was a long time before anybody came up. But I kept on pressing. <laughs> <laughs> you think Press someone came up because it felt bad for you? No, 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 no. I don't think that. I don't think that. Praise the Lord. But um, sometimes <laughs> you see in some of these real quiet congregations mm-hmm. that is. You know, sometimes you can read it as they're not feeling this. They're not feeling this message. But it's really not that. They're thinking. They're contemplating. And and in the moment, they they just, they're contemplating. So they're not, it takes a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. of time for them to get up. You know, you can see it. You can see something, they're just contemplating it. Contemplating it. Now, another thing is that you preach that way because you believe that way you can not fake it this is not a show this is life and death and guess what your life and death because you are the one up there standing between the living and the dead come on so this is why uh, you cannot fake it you have to be you and you have to appeal as if you was going to appeal to your own son, son like you were telling me. Mm-hmm. You have to do that because it's you. So you're not, it's, it's, it's no faking thing. So if something touches your heart, you cry. Let it out. You, why are you up there? Let it out. If something touching your heart, let it out. Be real. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you do that and um, and you be real with the Lord mm-hmm. and, and with yourself. And you, you'll be an effective preacher for God. Wow. You will be an effective preacher for I, God. I find that very interesting because the very first week that Pastor Smith left, I was there alone. I did not feel prepared. Mm-hmm. And after praying, it just took off. Like you said, sometimes you just take off. That's right. That was the very first first time up yeah. there. Uh-huh. And and I was preaching about the two Adams. You know, you were talking about the two Adams, and I was emphasizing how how Jesus said, "My God, My God, why are you forsaking me?" I was sharing a story as to what happened to me. Uh, when I, one day when I went home from work, like I, I always opened my Bible and would read a verse and just think about it. And I read that verse, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I emphasized how it was a question that Jesus asked. And the still small voice told me it was because of you. Wow, that's powerful. And I shared that yes. story and I, I had to fight tears and I fought, I, I, I fought tears. But emotions got involved but yeah. the audience was captivated yes that's what I'm talking about and it was I will never forget yeah. that Sabbath because yeah. that was one of my first sermons there yeah next time let them flow yeah. don't fight it there's no, there's no reason to fight it why fight it? Let, it let it come out once the first tear come out then everybody else gonna feel comfortable and they gonna start crying just let it come out the thing is we have to be able people have to all of us have to be so open to come to the foot of the cross and look at Jesus and cry and weep for our sins let it out 
you're going to be more effective for the people and for your own self. Let it out. Yeah, because it was working on your own heart. You were actually you were speaking more to yourself than to anyone else. Yeah, and, and that's what it's about. That's why I, I'm glad you mentioned it because I wanted to bring this out. Don't be afraid as a preacher to get baptized again. I was baptized again. Ain't for sin. It ain't for nothing. It's because I wanted to renew my relationship with God. You see what I'm trying to say? Let me tell you, we did a camp meeting. Pastor and Chapman and I um, rebaptized each other too. Look at that. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I was at a camp meeting and we made an appeal for baptism. I made, I was the preacher. I made an appeal for baptism. But I knew, I already planned, there was another pastor there. I was like, I want you to baptize. I want to be rebaptized. So I'm going to make an appeal for baptism. Yeah. But I'm getting baptized. Mm -hmm. And so I made an appeal. People came up and I said, I'm, I'm up here too because I'm getting baptized today again. And people say, amen. So now when we come to the water, we come to the water. And guess who's there? Um, Pastor Smith was there. Really? <laughs> and we came to the water. And and I and I said, you know, we, you know, we baptized the people that, that, that came forward. And then, um, and I said, and now I'm going to get baptized. I answered this appeal. And then I had the pastor baptize me. We said, praise the Lord. When the people saw a minister getting baptized, forget about it. We was out there for a long time. So many of so many more came to be baptized. Mm -hmm. So you don't know how, the, the effect that you can have, even as a minister, placing yourself on the same humble ground. Right, right. You know right, what I'm saying? Exactly. Smith, Absolutely. Pastor Smith was out there too. Yeah, he was yeah. getting the people, getting the people. It was good. In fact, in fact I was just, I was just reading. Uh, I was just reading a book and it was giving some counsel and said um, as a pastor and as a minister you sometimes have to do that and you have to you ha when you make a mistake you have to legitimately acknowledge it yes. and confess it right. and by doing so the people are going to have more confidence absolutely in you. look what happened with William Miller he was wrong in 1843 nobody left him because he was humble enough to admit he was wrong that's what happens. So you just gain respect when you're humble. You just, true. You just gain respect. That's what the Bible says. I mean, the Bible says, um, how, how does the verse in Proverbs go again? Uh, honor becomes, honor comes with humility or something like that. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, before honor, there's humility. Yeah, yeah. That's there, how we go. there we go. That's it. That's it. So before honor, before we get there, there's humility. You're right. So, um, yeah, brothers, um, you got to have that boldness. Be be who you are. Uh, your sanctified self, of course. Christ in you self. And um, build your sermon toward the appeal. You know, you're not going to have a sermon like we said, you know, you're doing a, a certain sermon about... I don't know the dangers of flesh foods. And then you're going to make an altar call appeal. You're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. In my opinion. I could be wrong, though. Mm -hmm. There could be some preacher that just got the gift, know how to do something like that. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I could be wrong. And maybe if I prayed about it, I could do it. But you understand what I'm saying? Pick mm -hmm. your battles. Mm -hmm. But make that appeal. You know? One thing I like to do in making an appeal for altar call, too, just because y'all are preachers, I'll give y'all some things that I've learned. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. You set them up at the end, too. When I say set them up, I mean you make the atmosphere. Set the environment. Set the environment. That's what I'm trying to say. 
You set the environment like for it. Like a thermostat. Like a thermostat. So you remember when I'm about to close here, and I'm saying, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And you're talking to them. And talking to them. And then you make that appeal. Come on. So is there something different that you're doing with your your voice? Yes. Yes, very good. Um, in the sermon period, you have to know. When we talk about the melody. Mm -hmm. You got to know when to go up and when to go down. And you have to speak. You have to learn how to speak in those terms. Like, um, for instance, uh, you know, we're just talking regular. Mm -hmm. But let me see. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I think we talked about it already. But if I say something like. Uh, what about an example from the sermon this morning? Okay. Probably relevant. Okay, let's see what happens here. Okay. Remember I said, I asked the question, I said, God will not be able to save a whole lot of us. Yeah. And then I said, so how many people will be saved in the kingdom of God? You see how I did that? That's just an example. How many people will be saved in the kingdom of God? <laughs> Let's do yeah. anything. So notice what you do. Yeah. You can like, do when I was taking notes of your sermon yeah. today, I actually was taking notes also like in parentheses of the voice culture or the pauses or emphasis of where you place things too. That's what I'm trying to, to say. You have to, you have to emphasize what you want. You got to be intentional you, about that. The intention. If you miss your emphasis, you, you lost the people. True. Because where we you place the emphasis That's is guiding the people through the to the conclusion of the yes, altar sir. call. Exactly. And that's, yes, exactly. sir. And that's why. That's why. That's why I do what I do is because I've seen. I've seen, I've seen it in others. And it's effective with me. Correct. Where they they read a they read a verse with emphasis, and sometimes they will like instead of saying a certain verse, they will say, "Does it say some some?" And the people will say, "No, that says all." Right. It's effective. It really affects me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I do the same thing, or I you know let them say a word. Right. Right. And so l let me give you an example here. Um. John three sixteen. Turn your Bibles to John three sixteen. Right? Everybody's there? Amen. All right. Let, I'm going to read it. You ready? Everybody's there? Yeah, amen. And, and notice this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, I don't care who you are, believeth in him shall be saved. You see that? So you're up and you're down. And sometimes you just a whisper. Mm -hmm. Be saved. You understand what I'm saying? You are just just placing that text in their heart. You understand what I'm saying? It's way more effective than you say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believes in him uh, shall have everlasting life. Okay, let's turn to the next text. You know, right. that's, you see, that's what, so true. What you have to emphasize it. You have to fluctuate. That's melody, what I just did. Mm -hmm. For God so loved the world. He so loved the world. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And repeat it. And repeat it, but you doing it in a, in a in your own type of melody. Right. You understand? And that's hard to explain for me. You know why? Because it's really just me. Mm -hmm. I'm being me. Right. And right, so right. you got to do it. And the Holy Spirit's leading in the moment, too. He's leading in the moment. So you have to do it how you do it. Mm -hmm. But do it. And the Holy Ghost will bless. Right. You see what I'm saying? And it will be effective just as if I did it the way I do it, or you did it the way you do it. It will be equal. Mm-hmm equally effective you see what i'm saying and yet still reaching a different people 
because mm-hmm. our ministries and backgrounds and relatabilities are able to affect different souls. That's correct. Which is one of the reasons why God needs the ver- diversity of gifts and diversity of oh, individuals. Yeah, and even cultures. Yeah, you know, we, we, so true. We, we say things a little bit different. You know, yeah. I come from the African-American culture. Right. So we say things a little bit different than maybe people who didn't come from the African-American culture. Sure. But that if I do it and the people see it's real it'll reach all cultures mm-hmm. so true and the way you do it if you do it and it's real it's right. going to reach all cultures that's right it's going to be the same way so we are going to have differences in how mm-hmm. we do it mm-hmm. that's why we shouldn't point fingers on you know uh, they sang that song this way they did this way no I mean people did come from different places they're going to sing so differently true. so true but as long as we in the principles of the, uh, 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 biblical of principles of doing yeah. it but people do things differently we're going to preach a little different I'm I may, and my preacher, I may put a little, put a little, um, I don't know, it may come out a little bit more, um, thank you, Jesus. I may, something, it may come out like that. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But that's me. You may not do it that way, but it still be effective. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because in our culture, we may say things a little bit. We may have a little bit more soul there, you know? And y'all may not have a, uh, have a little bit more something else, yeah, but it'll still reach me. Te- mm-hmm. Techniques are temporary, but principles are. Principles principles that's so true so so just to recap so we don't like lose that what you were saying is just as you're setting up in the conclusion you you invited people this morning it's like close your eyes and 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 then you started speaking to them about like i don't remember what it was i guess you're just concluding and you're showing people that that the guiltiest man on earth, he was able to find forgiveness. A, a very wealthy man was able to find forgiveness. These men who struggle with like passions as we, they were able to find forgiveness. And so you're you're like setting the people up even before you gave the altar call. Absolutely. There you go. Yes. You set, you're setting up the heart to come to the realization, I can be saved. Mm. I can be saved. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you're giving supposedly bad people, people who've done bad things, Adam, you know, and then Zacchaeus, and there's hope for them. There's hope for me. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, let me say, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to say this too. In your sermon, you got to bring people down. <laughs> In other words, what, what I'm saying is this. There's no hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to, you got to bring people. And that's just me saying it in a very plain way, but let me just make it uh, clearer. You have to show the people their that need. they, that's it. Say yeah. it again. We got to show the people their need. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Their need. And so you may have to bring them down. But then, at what you do, you bring and, them up. You and never you did that. leave them down. Yeah. Never leave them down. But if you don't bring them down, they don't see they need. They think that they're all right. So you got, you're a preacher. You got to bring them down. You got to preach righteousness. You see what I'm saying? The standard. With judgment. You got to do that, but then you got to do it with mercy. And then you got to bring them up. And uplift Christ as a solution to all the challenges. Like, I, right. I saw that you effectively, like, show the people their need when you were emphasizing that the disciples, uh, they thought, well, it was just a common belief that if you're wealthy, then you're going to be saved or if you're of the Abraham seed, you're going to be saved. And you were showing, too, that, like, you could be in the church for generations. Yeah. Or that it shows that we have 
common misunderstandings yes. about salvation. Right. So we realize what if, like, if the disciples could go through that experience yeah. of just being totally shaken, yeah. then who else will, can be saved? Yes. Then we can relate and see our, in our experience, how do I know that I could be saved? Correct. Or, and start to rethink these things. And how do you do that? You bring a story in. Right. And so you brought the worst man, Zacchaeus, you yeah. know? So you bring a story in, and then people follow the story. Mm -hmm. People follow the story. What really convicted me this morning was when you when you explained how how Adam must have felt. I mean, I often thought, thought about it, but it just really dawned upon me how he must have felt when he saw, like, a dead leaf falling to the ground mm -hmm. and, and killing the first animal. Mm -hmm. And in my heart, I just began to realize... I'm desensitized. Right. And that really right. that, that really caused my heart to cry out like Lord. Right. Have I really thought about Adam's experience? Yeah. That, that that's that's what hit me when I wrote this. Because so, so I'm, I went through the same thing you going through. So yeah, it touched me too. And that's another thing, you write in a sermon, think do do things that's gonna touch you. You know now I shouldn't say you looking for things that's gonna touch you. The Bible period should touch you. Right. <laughs> You're a preacher. It better touch you, right? Right. So when it does that, it's going to really come out. Because it touched you, so you're sharing something that was special to you. Yeah, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I remember sometimes when I would prepare for sermon, I would sit in my chair, I would be all excited. Because it was, it was good news that I was sharing. Amen. Because <laughs> I, would, I, would, I did a talk on the kingdom of God. Uh-huh. And... and I just got excited even while thinking about it and writing about mm -hmm. it. Because I could see our privilege in Christ. Yeah. 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 So you can turn in a, in a preaching, you can turn a doctrine mm -hmm. into a story where it reaches, the, it teaches the correct understanding of a certain doctrine, but it does more. It reaches the heart. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And that's what you want to do. If, you, if you're a preacher, that's what you do do. If you're not a preacher, you just preach doctrine and preach this right. Well, you know what? You could have wrote an article about that. I could have read that. Okay, praise the Lord, I understand it. But that's not what a preacher does. A preacher goes after the heart. You're trying to win people to Jesus. Remember that. Please remember that. A preacher's not a lecturer. Okay? So you could take a good doctrine, and then you can turn that thing into something amazing. Something that's going to just gonna be reality to people. It's going to hit them. I bet, you the, I bet you people never think about the great multitude any, any different anymore. Right. After they heard that, they ain't gonna think about the great multitude. They ain't gonna think about, oh yeah, we got to understand it. The 144,000 is really separate from the great multitude. You know, and all of these. No, they gonna think about it no more like that. You see what I'm saying? They gonna be, th they gonna see That's it so now. True. <laughs> see, they gonna see it, and they gonna see the truth of that. But now they are gonna see the reality yeah. of it, of what Jesus was really trying to bring out. Because that's how the Bible was really trying to bring out. Because the, the people was hollering, "Amen and glory." They were so happy. They were saved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so this is what you want to bring out. The, the, and that's the stuff that's going to touch the heart. That makes sense. And the, the reality. Body, the reality of it. Because it seems so often that the, the truth of God's word is presented in a way that is like so unreal. It, it's like what right. I read in evangelism where this bishop was asking this like... This Bishop of Canterbury was asking this actor's life, how is it that you are able to just captivate the people and yeah. they pay attention, but then us in the pulpit, they don't listen. He's like, well, if I could answer you respectfully, yeah. you in the pulpit 
speak of things real as if they're imaginary. Ah, we that. on the stage yeah. speak of things imaginary as, as if, if they're, they're real. real. <laughs> the power lies in enthusiasm. Mm. And it was like, whoa, the reality. Mm. Like, and, and I like the phrase, keeping our mind in heavenly places, but we need to learn to dwell on eternal realities. Come on, brother. Because it's, it's unseen, real. but it's more real than the things that we could touch Come and on, feel. Come on, brother. Exactly. Come on. And, and people will exactly. know if you believe that when you preach it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's and, so and, and guess what? That's enthusiastic. Yeah. It is. That becomes uh-huh. contagious. Uh-huh. And the people are like, uh-huh. you see yeah, what I'm saying? Right. So that's what you want to do. <laughs> that's a preacher. So is there a place for lectures? Not to me. <laughs> I'm not, no, not in the church. Yeah. You know, uh, not to me. That's I good. mean, for me. I appreciate that. Yeah. In a, in a school, maybe. Yeah. In a college, yeah. in a university. <laughs> Let's go to school. Let's go to school. Let's do a lecture. You know what I'm but, saying? But not in so many He's schools. paid to be monotone. And, and, and I have to dissect that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. in the work, you trying to reach the work people. of God. Come on, this is eternal realities that we're looking at. So I mean, why would you treat him like a lecture? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. There's no place for me, you know. So that's really interesting. There's no place. It's definitely a lot to think about. Now, do what you do, but maybe you could take what we talked about and just turn it a little bit. Right. So do what you that's do. That's what I plan on. Right. I, I believe the most important part. Of learning anything new or listening to a sermon or having these conversations is just like taking notes and being able to in the prayer in the closet and the silence of the soul communing with God saying like Lord what would you have me to do right like I think I was on YouTube I think you were doing or Facebook you were doing something I was watching uh I didn't watch the whole thing though but think about marriage and family recently um, the family worship Family worship. Okay. You were doing that. All right. Now, I didn't watch the whole thing, Mm -hmm. but I saw you were doing it. Brother, that's a gold mine. That's altar call stuff. I know. That's altar call stuff. So, take your notes, you know, and maybe kind of try to apply them, maybe come stuff that we talked about. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can bring it up with, um, you can bring it up, um, let me see here. Remember the text that we just used? Uh, kindred, every nation country, kindred. It's like God is gonna save some families. That's right. You have an opportunity as a family to be saved at your appeal. Yeah. You know, and we right. talk, and you, and you go. We have to the wind. Come on, yeah. responsibility. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be powerful. That'd be powerful. Emphasizing the family part and family worship, inter- integrating that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then turn that thing into a powerful appeal based on information in the body of your sermon. Mm-hmm. Saying, "Do you want this? Do you do you want to be saved? Do you want your do family you want your fa- to be saved? Come on, yeah. and you say it like that. Yeah. You say it like that." Do you want your family to be saved? Yeah. You don't say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you want your family to be saved? Come on. That's what I'm talking about. It's like, this is eternity. Right. Eternity is a long time. Brothers right. and sisters. With this, your family. Yeah. This is not fake. This is a reality. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. And the Bible says your family can be saved. Yeah. How many of you want, if you want that? If you want your family to be saved, if you want, won't you come down? 
、カモンって話、カモン、ベコビーって。Do it, man. Come on, man. You got to, you got to be bold. So, so, you got to be yourself, but be bold self.、Mm-hmm. You understand? That's true.、In、Jesus. Go ahead. <laughs> One of the things that comes to my mind with altar calls is like, I recognize when you do an evangelistic work, there needs to be that follow up. And it's like, well, you were talking about health. One thing that comes to my mind too, or even with family worship, is that what, what do you do, or what responsibility does a preacher have when giving an altar call to make a decision that requires a transformation, but they need to observe a, a, or, or, I mean, people can so apply you, the best that they can. So your altar call can be like, can be something to the fact where are you, Willing to learn more about this. Do you want this for your family?、Mm-hmm. We'll be able, we're gonna have classes. If you want it, I'll have classes. We're、oh, gonna have go. classes. If you want it, we're gonna have classes. Come down. Come down.、That's、you see?、Nice. Yeah. There you go. That makes sense. And, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you can end it in that way or、yeah. even just in the way you did.、Mm-hmm. Like in the, just the reality of having your family in heaven. Yeah. If you just simply present that. You could do that. And just do ask, do,、right. you, do, you want, do you want your family to be here? Do you want to rededicate your life、right. to take your family with you? Right.、Yeah. And say, and according to this, it can happen. Yeah. yeah. It can happen、so、for you. Now, if you're going to do it like that with the classes thing, not, just in my opinion here, you do that, you bring people down, but then you have somebody write their names down. Because we're going to do registration right now for the class. You got to, <laughs> because you know how people, oh, they feel it right now. Yeah. Right, Th- on, that's yeah. always my concern. They、it's、feel like, it right. So you have to have、like、registration. People go into so many altar calls and then it's like, It's but not, it's not an actual application of the heart. It's easy to go to the carpet,、mm-hmm. to, the pul- to, the, yeah, to the altar, but then it's like. It's just like making a vow and not being true to the vow. Correct. But that here, seems like that could do more harm than good. Well, I don't think it's that that's doing harm. It's really them.、That's、it is on, them. That's on them. And it's not the.、Uh, but, yeah. But what, we have to, but what we can mess up is that we don't have follow up. Right. Basically, that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm、If、saying. If we don't have follow up, then we could be setting it up for failure. So. If you're going to do an altar call for something like that, you have classes, you say, We're going to have registration right now. That's awesome. Before we go, I want you to sign your name. This is the time I want you to be there. Would that be right after prayer? That'd be right after prayer. They don't leave, they stay right in the front. And you have an elder, deacon, somebody, write down the names. Okay, this is where we're going to meet. We're gonna meet. You have that all thing planned out before. So you got to be prepared. You got to be prepared. So you have your whole thing planned out. It's going to be Sundays at this time. Something like that, half an hour or whatever. You know? So, this is the time. Then you'll find out people can't, oh, I can't make it this time. What time can you make it? Right. I can make it. Okay, then we're going to work with you.、Mm. You understand? So, you have something like that planned out. But that's a, that's a terrific way of doing it. That sounds like a terrific way of doing it. And look, one thing is like you're talking about, you don't do altar calls all the time. Right. Because then you can, you can wear it out. Sure. You want to do it at certain times. But you also make a big appeal every time. Right. Whether it's, Like what we do, I like to do cards.、Um, it's called In the Valley of Decision, like I told you.、Mm-hmm. They got their name, it says address, phone number, you know,、mm-hmm. whatever, email address. And I tell them, I said, Well, I want you to fill us out. Why? Because we care about you. We want to call you. We want to know how you're doing spiritually.、Mm-hmm. You know, you tell the people, that's, This is why you're filling it out. Mm-hmm. We want to call you. We care about you. This church cares about you.、Mm-hmm. That's why we want you to fill it out.、Mm-hmm. And then I have four questions. My first question is this. Right, yes or no? Was the message clear today? Was it clear? Please write yes. And you have people giving out pens. And, and, and they write, you know, yes or no.、Mm-hmm. Okay.、Uh, then you ask three question, more questions regarding the sermon. Is it, do you understand that blah, 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 blah? And they write yes or no. And then you make your final appeal 
which is more like a giving your heart to the yeah, Lord appeal. Yeah. And then he says, when you go out, we're going to shake hands. I want you to give that to the deacons. Give the cards to the deacons. We're going to call you, okay? You know, that's what we do. That makes sense. I, I, realize, I realize in your style of preaching, you, you do a lot of Bible reading format. It's extremely popular to meet in the doorway. I know, we yeah. love the doorways. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. And you, do it, you do it in a Bible reading format where it's just simply question and answer. Yes, that's the only way I preach. Question, Bible answer, or spirit of prophecy, or history, whatever I'm doing, pioneers, whatever I'm doing. Question and answer is the most effective way to teach. Most teach. effective way. You said teach. Teach. Because in preaching, you're teaching. Right. Like we say, yeah, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you're preaching and not teaching something, yeah, it's, then it's worth nothing. <laughs> you got to teach something and then grab the people to make a decision based off of what you taught. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm trying to say? So you're teaching in a sermon. I mean, did we not learn? We learned Absolutely. some things. Right. So uh, I'm not just talking. We're going through the scripture. So um, question and answer. You will never fail at that. You will never. And guess what? When you do it that way, that, that's the way um, that the, uh, the, uh, the God had gave us to do it. I have a quote about that. You know, yeah, she says Bible readings. Yeah. Right. And I can show it through the scripture, too. Question and answer. Jesus taught that way. When you do it that way, it makes the picture clear. In other words, you ask this question again. What did God do? And notice how I'm asking the question. What did God do to show us that he so loved the world? What did he do? John 3.16. For God. So, and then you hitting that point. So you just taught that the most in, uh, widely known text in the world in a different way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is the question and the answer notice the emphasis what did God do mm -hmm. and he said God uh, for God so loved the world that he what he gave voice culture what did he give his only begotten son you see and that that helps you to preach right you gotta have all these notes because guess what it's just gonna start flowing out of yeah. you. <laughs> it's gonna start flowing out question answer yeah. and one thing that it works. You know who does that? It's incredibly effective for years. Doug Batchelor. Yeah, I, I, I. That's all he does. I was listening to a sermon of his like two days ago. That's all he does. Yeah. Question and answer. That's why he's so effective. See, it's not you. It's not me. It's because we so good. It's the method. Christ's method. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? I also found out that the word catechism also uses the, the question yeah. by the text yeah. method. It's I was like surprised when I was like, whoa. It's, it's practically a Bible reading. Like we, I it It's a Bible, Bible study. You turn in a Bible study into a sermon. Right. That's what you do. Go ahead. Because I grew up like in the Mennonite culture, and we have a catechism. And it's question and answer. But the, the answer is not a Bible verse quoted, but it has always reference to a Bible verse. Okay. So that, that's how it was. And you learn a lot like that. You learn a lot. Yeah. You learn a lot. Yeah. I only do, my sermon is the only question and answer. Most effective way. Because the thing is, and, and one of the things that I hear from people, the most thing I hear from people, that was so clear. That was so clear. Thank you for the message. It was so clear. And I know that they're saying that because of the method, not because I'm just a great preacher. Right. Because I'm not a great preacher. I'm just a... Foster kid from the streets 
that the Lord decided to use. Praise God. You see what I'm saying? Amen. And you ain't nobody from Amish brother from 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 Canada. And then you ain't nobody from I'm just a guy who used to smoke weed up on California. That's how you gotta look at yourself. When you look at yourself like that as garbage, God can use you. <laughs> we all gotta look at ourselves that way. We're not great. Right, right. We're not great. We just and yeah, and we just want to be used by God. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. One, one thing, yeah. One thing I really like, always like to emphasize is, like, look here. If I can do this, you can Come do on. this. Come on, that's what I'm saying. Right. That's what I'm saying. You see, that's important as a preacher to put yourself there. Right. You understand what I'm saying? At the now, I've noticed that when you do that, when you do now, you don't go too low, but when you do that, the people put you up here. Yeah. They respect all oh, the pastors coming. Let's make sure you see, and you, you want that, you want that not to make you feel good, but for them to not think that they can do. You be, in other words, you're not Eli and his sons. Yeah. You see what I'm trying to say? You, your influence and your words have more bearing and weight with the people. Yes, right. You don't want to think that they can joke with you about right. nasty stuff. Right. You don't want to be that friendly. No. You understand what I'm trying to say? You don't want to be that. You want to feel like a big, oh, I mean, I talk to worldly people and I tell them I'm a minister. And what do they say? They, y'all had this experience probably. They're like, oh, excuse me, man. Pardon me, my friend. Pardon my, my yeah. language. That's what you want. God right. wants you to have that influence over the people mm-hmm. in that way. Of course, not to rise up above them, but it's for them. Yeah, so that they can think of eternal things where they otherwise wouldn't be. They wouldn't be. See, the church, so this goes into the church service now. The church service is should be designed to inspire all. When people come, when vi- visitors come, people who are not Adventists, people who are other persuasions or, or atheists or whatever, when they come into the house of God, it is it is to make them feel like I'm in the kingdom of God. You see what I'm saying? And so that's why the service is now important. How is the the the, the, uh, the line of service is going? Is it inspiring? awe in, in, in the Lord, not in men or women, but in God. Is it doing that? And so that's when the preacher comes up, the preacher has to come up. It's a time of solemnity now. He comes into the desk. It's a solemnity time. So, and the people's mind is like, wow, this is different. I'm in church. I'm in church. You're not going up there with jeans on. You don't have the sneakers and stuff. And you pre- no. They don't turn off the lights and make the disco and do the nightclub thing. You know what I'm saying? You don't do that. You know, and then you get into it and you can, you know, do your thing while you're preaching. And, um, but anyway, I'm just saying that because you have to relate to the people at the same time, maintain that this is holy. Yeah, I, and I realized that and this morning, that's one thing that really stood out to me uh, is what you did. Like after they called you up, you kneeled down and prayed. Mm-hmm. And then the way you walked up, mm-hmm. it really impressed my mind. And, uh, you know, it was like this is holy ground. That's what you got. You got to set the atmosphere. And Ellen White says that when you go up to the pulpit, the people have to see you on your knees. They must see the minister that he recognized he ain't nobody. I've read that. You read that? Yeah. Testimonies, volume, Testimonies, volume 5, chapter 50. Behavior in the house of God. She says, the, they have to see the minister on his knees. And let me tell you something. I do that every time I preach. And I am breaking down before God when I'm praying. 
I'm up and I'm praying. People don't know what I'm doing. I'm breaking down before the Lord. I'm begging him for his spirit. I'm confessing my sins. I'm doing all of that. And that when I go up there now, I'm He can use me. You see what I'm saying? All the time I do that. And it's not a show. It's because I know me. And I know I need it. <laughs> so go ahead, brother. I was just going to say, I find it interesting because when you were like in California, um, like there's those times when I've had that experience, but sometimes I would get nervous about what I would, how I would bring the message. And every time I get nervous about it, I tend to... It, it tends to be more. Um, I just read my notes, okay. kind of like that, and this, it hinders the spirit from working. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it was very interesting because the one prayer meeting, I didn't have any notes because I'd been busy throughout the week. But the message came out very clear, and people were touched. Mm -hmm. But then on Sabbath, I, I just had to give the same message because many people weren't there in prayer meeting, mm -hmm. and I was nervous on the Sabbath. And I had a hard time bringing the message across like I did it in prayer meeting. I was asking myself, what was the difference? Okay. Now, I want to say this. Nervousness is a part of this whole thing. I've been preaching for a while, and I still get nervous. Yeah, and it's okay. Because it, it, it's good to keep us humble. Because we don't want to get to the point where we got this. We believe we, we got this. You're coming before the people of God. If, if you really care about... You giving a good impression for God's sake, for the Lord's sake, and you care about that. You gonna, come on, you gonna be nervous. That's fine. That's all right because that's humility. Just don't be too nervous. Like when Moses was like, "I'm not going." You got to get somebody else to speak to me. The Lord's anger was kindled, but even the Lord was merciful. But the Lord didn't like that, right? That was a wrong motive. It wasn't. It wasn't because of God's glory and His character, but it was because. Of his glory, he yes. made it about himself. Correct. So you want to be nervous, that's fine. And let me tell you something. If you get that nervous again, and you feel like, well, I think I'm going to have to stick to my notes, stick to them. But read it. You see what I get? When you read them notes now, I'm going to read them notes. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? In other words, you're going to emphasize you gonna do it. and that nervousness is just gonna be like this and the Lord gonna be like alright Jeremiah I got you be not afraid of their faces do it you see what I'm saying so read your notes but read them don't just read them don't lecture them you're not a lecturer you're a preacher I got the point so you'll be fine thank you very much I appreciate you sharing these principles brother Yeah. thank you Pastor Perks thank you do you mind closing us with a word of prayer yeah let's do that let's do that Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for uh, my two brothers, Lord, fellow fellow brothers in ministry and and workers and preachers. Lord, we we really don't know how to truly be effective. We just want to just preach it from our hearts. Please teach us as we attempt to do so and please help us to reach people because you've placed us in these positions for that purpose we have a sincere desire we want to be hu we want to be humble we don't want ourselves to be lifted up we recognize our need and so lord please we pray that you pour out your spirit upon us and teach us how to preach all of us lord 
I'm not a master of this preaching stuff, Lord. Please teach us how to bring people to Jesus. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that.